Welcome, Fivers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast. The movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. It's time, once again, to join your hosts Q and J in the writer's room for a pop culture discussion you'll definitely agree with. High Five, the podcast, is not responsible for your agreement or disagreement with our discussions, but if you don't agree with us, you will. And now, on with the show. Somebody pop a day, hold up. Somebody on their way, hold up. I would have grown a day, hold up. Somebody can't relate, Black hold Panther. up. Stay down with no bacon. Go up, top down, I've been racing. Go up, she wild, I'm in dangerous. Go up, my crowd in rotation. Yeah. I'm Q. And I'm Jay. And this is A. And we all saw Black, Black Panther. Panther. Everybody give us a Panther roar. Roar. <laughs> <laughs> High five. Should we high five? High five! High five! High five! High five! High five, son! Woo! High five! Don't let me hang it. <laughs> yeah, I'm dropping a sick Kendrick Lamar beat for you. Ooh, to... I like it. Can you send me the SoundCloud link? I can. Sweet. It's just me going. Please don't associate that with Kendrick. No, please don't. That's a hot. That's a hot fire. Hot take. Hot take. Hot take. One take. That's all. It, that's I all don't, I need. I don't believe. They it. call me one take Q because <laughs> I just do. crush it in one take. <laughs> no need for other takes. <laughs> a one take cuter. Except for this one because this one required a take three. My <laughs> mind just <laughs> did, it <laughs> did it explode. I I don't know how you got to that segue, but I'm but I did it. Did. I'm glad you did. I did it. You, you didn't did. know where I was going. I didn't. You didn't know where I was going. Nope. But we ended up where we needed to be, and that is reviewing the Black Panther. Yay! So we ended up seeing this in on the same weekend mm-hmm. without knowing it. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. A and I went. And yeah. I followed behind and sat three rows behind you and just <laughs> threw popcorn at your heads the whole time. But yeah, and it was like I reached out to you the next day. I was like, oh, Black Panther's so good. And you're like, I saw it yesterday, too. And then we we're like, dude, what theater did you see it at? Oh, in Franklin? Oh, I saw it in Franklin. Oh, what time did you see it at? Oh, that time? Oh, were we in the same theater? And you're like, were you in that theater with that guy jerking off in public? And you're like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, yeah, we saw it uh, opening weekend. Which was crazy because it was a super hard screening to get into because this thing is crushing at the box office. Oh, still. Like, to this day, it's, it's set in records. We've been sharing stuff on our Facebook. We saw it kind of on a whim. There was We didn't think we were going to be able to get out. Sure. Um, the last minute, Saturday night, we got a sitter. Right. And for Sunday afternoon... And then we tried to get tickets, and everywhere Everything across town was, was sold out. So we had to go to this like out of the way theater at this random showing in this back little itty bitsy. Wasn't theater. even a showing; it was just like this guy in an alleyway and acting he's like, it out. Yep. <laughs> he's like, "I am T'Challa," <laughs> and then he would like change his headdress. And he's yeah, like, the costume changes took forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so awkward. But his his uh, his claw. Mm. Perfect. Great. Great. Turns out it was, it was Andy, Andy Circus. Sir, yeah. It was Andy Circus just covered Andy in trash. Circus. Got it. Perfect. <laughs> Old trash circus. Uh, the trash circus is something else. That was what my dad told me was special when we were a kid. The trash circus? Yeah. We didn't go to P.T. Barnum and Bailey because they were 
quote unquote high class. We went to the trash circus, Perfect. which was behind the alleyway between a crystals and a church. Whoa. Excellent. Perfect. It was amazing. The animals exhibits non existent. Blow, blow your mind. Blow your mind. The animals existent, totally imaginary. There was not gonna toot my own horn, but I saw a rat on a basketball. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> Well, I saw a rat taking a shower, like a people's. (laughs) (laughs) Like a people's do. It was a rat doing people's things. You know what I saw? I saw a rhinoceros with with battle armor. I did see that too. And I I did. That was perfect. For a hot second, I thought I was watching Masters of the Universe and battle cats existed. (laughs) I was waiting for a battle cat to like roll out. That would have been amazing. A battle panther? Oh. Black Panther should ride a Battle, Battle Panther. Panther. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Just a bigger... Come on, Jack Kirby. A bigger panther. <laughs> a panther riding just a slightly larger panther. <laughs> but the panther's dressed sort of like a human. Exactly. Like a metallic human. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Vibranium human Humans suit exoskeleton. The panther. Perfect. Vibranium He's panther called exoskeleton. the Black Human. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, no that, we're gonna stop there. That didn't work. I thought that was gonna work. Turns out, didn't land. Didn't, didn't land at all. Well, uh, anyway, I, let's let's get back to Black Panther. Let's get to Wakanda. Can so, I ask a question? Oh, of course. What is you guys' familiarity with the current state of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Are you guys caught up as oh, far as like? Okay, so you've seen all of the the Marvel releases to date. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, side note. What is your history with the Black Panther character, comic book-wise, then? Very little. Okay. Same? Very little. Yes, very, very little. I was introduced to the Black Panther in um, the the Avengers movie. Oh, the Civil War? The Civil War yeah. movie. Got it. I was like, who is this? And I need to know more about it. Like, I left that theater, mm-hmm. and I immediately started. And Jay was like, just like Chadwick Boseman. Googling very good everything <laughs> I could, learning everything I could about Black Panther. And yeah. I was like, pretty awesome. this is amazing. Why haven't I heard about this I, guy? I had a tenuous relationship with him, because he would pop in every now and then in stories that I would read. Like, right. I think he has a little part... Or maybe a big... I can't remember exactly now it's separating the comic from the movie, but the comic Civil War series. Yes. I think he plays a part in that. Yep. Um, and then uh, I know at one point in his tenure, he marries Storm. And because I was a huge X-Men fan, I bled into that a little bit. Sure. So, so you told me that and I got so excited because I freaking love Storm. Yeah, I mean, sure. it'd be awesome. That's like a sexy couple and now it's that, there. It's, it's a, a possibility It's a possibility. Now because of the the mergers and stuff. That now that now Fox that, and Disney married. Now that Disney just bought it up. But anyway, so very little. Okay. I was kind of going into this movie blind and pretty excited about that. Nice. So What about you? I uh, am pretty familiar with Black Panther. Okay. Um, only because I was a like big comic book nerd back in the day. So um, I knew quite a bit about it. Um, mainly because I was fascinated. So like Black Panther and Luke Cage were, believe it or not, like two of my favorite really? Marvel characters. Yeah. Because it was something that wasn't represented in the comics. And I've always had a weird like uh, uh, affinity for kind of, I guess, the more outskirt characters. Mm-hmm. And they were both totally kind of these outsider characters. Um, and so I knew a little bit more about them going into it. Uh, this movie, though, as a comic fan, I can say maybe took the source material and 
made it better than I ever could have imagined. Really? Like, like, I actually feel like this movie is a better version of the Black Panther than what has ever been portrayed in the comics. Wow, that's heavy. That's high praise. Yeah, man. and I think it's for a couple reasons, which I'm sure we'll get into as we kind of break down the movie. But I feel like, so, uh, Black Panther, famously written by Jack Kirby, mm-hmm. um, w- w- a white dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like once that property got back into the hands of the culture that it belonged to it really flourished um not because i don't think a white dude can write for black characters but because it doesn't hold the same true voice yeah as someone saying this is my culture mm-hmm. this is my this is something i identify with yeah. so i can write for this character right you well, know what i mean and that was actually one reason that i got really excited when coogler got the directing gig sure because the movies that he had made up to that point had had a very very strong good solid voice and and then when you know when I heard that he was doing a pass on the script, and when I heard that Donald Glover was taking a pass of the script, I just it felt like it was in good hands, right? Which just got me excited about it. Sure. A. Yes. Were you aware of Coogler, but the director before this movie? Have you seen Fruitvale Station? Have I seen what? Fruitvale Station. No. You've, oh. seen, you've seen Creed, though. So yeah, I've seen Creed. Creed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, you need you need to check out Fruitvale Station. It's great. It's I've never even really heard of that. Solid, it's his first movie, um, also starring Michael B. Jordan. Okay. Kind and, of what broke Michael B. Jordan on into like the national spotlight scene. And okay. it's basically a really small kind of indie movie about a man who was gunned down at a train station. Yeah. It's a true huh. type of story, and okay. sort of, but comes before... A lot of the national outcry about it, sort of like right at the, I don't that, want to say the beginning of it because it's been going on for decades, but like the national conversation, it was about, near the, near the forefront kind of situation. Okay. So yeah, so I'm totally with you. When I heard that this movie fell into the hands of Coogler and that he was going to be making this, first off, I was like, holy shit, Marvel is actually taking, because he's known for these kind of, I mean, Creed two even though it was part of a well-established franchise, was a pretty small, oh, yeah, independent-feeling movie. It was its own thing. Um, so the fact that Marvel said, you know, it doesn't matter that this guy has or has not worked with giant-budget action films. It matters his voice. That's what right. we're looking for. And the fact that they did that with what what is ostensibly the first black mainstream mm-hmm. character and hero in a film series was a a what i can imagine to all the the white folks running the movie studios a huge risk but also creatively the best and most informed decision that they could make absolutely and and i just would put it clearly as saying it was the right decision i feel like it's the same the same way that i got excited when i found out that patty jenkins was doing wonder Woman. right well i'll also say that you know for their credit marvel is a lot better about doing this type of thing oh, than DC. for like sure patty jenkins was an anomaly in the dc universe um marvel you know they pulled the guys that wrote for community to do right. the avengers and now not uh, the yeah, no, it was uh, Winter they Soldier. did Winter Soldier, and, and then, then they Civil did War. Civil War, and now they're doing yeah, and now they're doing Infinity the War. Mm-hmm. And 
like they kind of pulled those guys up. I sure. mean, Edgar Wright and James Gunn hadn't worked with these these types right. of budgets either. I oh, still wish Edgar Wright I would know. have stayed on to finish. I know, him. but James Gunn is another very good example. Totally. They kind of gave him this side property of Guardians of the Galaxy, and they're like, "Hey, here's a budget five times what you've ever used before." We don't care about these characters really. Do go whatever to town. you want, right? And it was brilliant. Probably before the Black Panther, before we saw Black Panther, was the most surprised I'd been by a sure. movie. Sure, and so every kind of generation, they seem to have one that sort of there is a throwaway movie that falls into the right hands with the right people at the right time, and then can just and, and it sets a new high bar, right? And for me, it's kind of one of those things where. Um, I want to reward the studios for doing this kind of thing. So I actually, as you guys know, I have a movie pass that I use to see most of my movies. Right. I actually paid money nice. to see this movie because I wanted, my, I wanted to know that my money was going to the studio <laughs> to say, hey, do yeah. this. I'm going right. to vote with do my wallet. more <laughs> of this. Right. You know what I mean? Um, fuck movie pass. I love MoviePass, but fuck that. <laughs> we'll put it to the side. I'm going to give you my money to yeah. say, hey, I'm glad you did this. Check it out. Yeah. And I have already talked with some coworkers. I think we're going to go see it again just because I want to continue going, hey, yeah, do this. You're on the right path. This was the right decision. Um, because what I saw in the theater blew away any expectations that I even had going into the movie. I was excited by the trailers. I was excited by the cast. I was excited by the director. I was excited by what I thought that I was going to see. But then when I went to the theater, <laughs> even better, it was yeah. better, which is very unusual. Usually my expectations when they're set that high, there's no way they can get met. Yeah. And so I go into the theater and I watch a movie and I'm like, yeah, that was pretty good. Like, that was as good as I was expecting. But this was like, holy fuck, that was better than I ever could have imagined. Yeah. yeah. Um, not only for uh, just, I don't know, it's, it's decision to not give in to what I would imagine were a shit ton of studio notes. Um, it felt very true to itself, very true to its spirit. The fact that there were two white characters in the entire movie. Yeah. yeah also made me feel like it was sure of itself. Mm -hmm. It didn't feel like it needed to throw in a bunch of characters to appeal to yeah. the white audience or whatever. Yeah. And I never felt, and that was another thing. Um, and you know, I don't know, I don't know how this in today's conversation is going to come across, but I mean it in the most, um, open and, and accepting way possible. But, I was a little worried that it may float the other direction and feel a little exclusionary on my part as a, as a white man. Like I may go in and feel like, Hey guys, fuck you. This movie's not for you. You know what I mean? May, yeah. I can see. Like that. I was worried that it, it, it might try to appeal that way, like the other way. And this movie ultimately ended up feeling like a movie that was, highly representative of a culture, but also so respectful of um, being in inclusionary. Like it totally mm -hmm. made me feel like it was okay for me to also love this movie yeah. and, right. and not appropriate the culture, but to feel like, holy shit. Like 
I respect this and I respect that culture and that shit is fucking mind blowing yeah. and amazing and beautiful <clears throat> and yeah. smart and wow. I it's just almost, was in awe of of it. Almost the same type of feeling for Get Out. Totally. Except on a Marvel scale. Totally. Well, I mean, okay, so A, I knew that you were a huge fan of, of Black Panther from Civil War. What were your expectations for this? Like, and I guess your take on how they were met or not met. It was a lot like Q. I mean, I was super excited by the trailer. I thought everything that I had seen and read about this movie it was just going to be great. And then I went into the theater and it just blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Like, everything about this movie was amazing from the visuals to the story, the bad guy. The bad guy in this movie is yeah. one of the best Marvel bad guys I've seen. Probably the best, um, in my personal opinion. Because it was it was a bad guy that, you know, you could actually identify with. And you it could was, understand the struggle. Not even so much identify with, but nearly sympathize with. And that's yes. to a certain That's what I was going to say. With. I almost, and this is going to take it a step further... I almost hesitate to call him a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. I he's feel more, like he was He's more of a of a force. Right. Like a focusing and force. And a product of his situation. He is you know a what definite I mean? product like, of his situation. It it feels like like I can say, we watched another movie recently. We've all seen this, Three Billboards. Yeah. Yes. Total opposite kind of into the spectrum, but I'm going to tie these two characters kind of show. Uh, there is a character in this movie, in that movie, played by Sam Rockwell, uh, Dixon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like that was another one who was a bad guy, but had shades of empathy and sympathy for his character because you realize that ultimately he's just a product of his upbringing and his situation. Mm-hmm. It's not that he is inherently a bad person. It is that bad situations have have led him to make bad choices. And I, felt, I agree with that. But... I felt the same way about this character is that like, I feel like he, he was led to make bad choices because of what was a taken away from him and be done to him. Well, and what I would add to that, and I'm actually, I'm going to slightly disagree with you okay. and maybe take it a step further than that. Okay. And I'll, I'll do some comparisons as well. I I wouldn't even say that he's making bad choices. That's where I think the difference between like him and another person I would say that recently is what I would consider one of the better Marvel villains, but um, Michael Keaton from Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. He was incredibly sympathetic. You understood what he was doing, but he was, you know, stealing and robbing trucks and you know, sort of fast and furiousing his way with Vulture stuff. Like, he was making... And doing bad things. Sure. With Killmonger, the people that he killed are in like from the military. Right. So you you know he did what he was right. being trained and sent to do. After that, the people that he kills outside of Claw, which is also a villain, um, you know, are moving towards this one end goal of I want to help people. Sure. He just has a different way of going about that than who we're told is the protagonist. And we know to be, you know, a more peaceful solution. Right. But 
the thing that I love about Killmonger is that he doesn't... I I don't think that he sees himself as a conqueror. He sees himself as a, a hero, a liberator. Absolutely. And that makes him incredibly intriguing. I totally agree with that. And Michael B. Jordan is just fantastic in everything I've seen him in. Oh, for sure. I Even the been. final, final uh, Fantastic Four movie that's terrible, he's fine in it. Sure. See, I don't I don't think I quite agree with that. I don't think he sees himself as a liberator. I think he sees himself more as like a like a fixer. Mm-hmm. But not in like a liberating kind of way. Like he's like, I'm gonna fix this system. I'm gonna agree with but you. But I'm on not that. here to save people. Right. I'm just here to kill who I need to kill to fix this. Right. I I totally agree with that because he did kind yeah. of lay it out. <clears throat> he wasn't an all inclusive like, hey, I'm doing this to protect all of us. Yeah. He's like, hey, this system is broken. Yes. So I'm gonna fucking burn it to the ground. Yes. You yeah. know what I mean? Yes. Like he did with those plants. <laughs> exactly. It, yeah. He literally burned it to the ground, which might have been the most one of the most beautiful shots in the movie. Oh, for sure. And it had a lot of beautiful shots in this movie. So let's talk Holy about that. Crap. Let's segue into kind of the art style and art yeah. direction of this movie. It was absolutely gorgeous. It was gorgeous, and the level of detail, yeah, blew me away. Yeah. The best looking Marvel movie. Ever maybe outside of Guardians of the Galaxy? Oh, I would totally agree. Probably, Probably better than Guardians of the Galaxy. I would say, uh, along with Guardians of the Galaxy, it is one of the like it has its own visual voice. Yeah. Among the Marvel movies, some of those movies can tend to just kind of look like each other, mm-hmm. but this movie has a very unique visual feel yes. and sense to its characters, both costume design and set design. Yeah. And a, I know that's directly up your alley. Yeah. What did you think about? kind of how how it was portrayed i i was i was actually telling jay like when we were driving away from the movie theater um because years ago i actually spent an entire month in africa oh gotcha. um you know and i was telling him i was like you know that in itself doesn't make me special or, or anything like that but it gives me more kind of an insight more context yeah more context for the visuals and I was telling him that there were actual moments during this movie where I got teary-eyed because it's exactly like that. It, the culture is so alive and colorful over there. Sure. Like, I mean, everything you see in the news today just paints this dark picture, but when you actually go over and you immerse yourself in the culture and the people there, it's so much like filled with so much life and love. And I got that from this movie. Sure. And it was amazing. I will say that the color palette that they chose was kind of for me along the lines of the guardians, uh, guardian of the galaxy in the only in the sense that everything felt just like you said, so alive, yes. so yeah. vibrant. Vibrant yes. you know is I mean? the word I was thinking, especially, I mean, the scene that I keep conjuring up in my mind is the waterfall scene Absolutely. with them all standing on the rocks and like the <clears throat> the light brown of the stone with yeah. like the the green of the river people and mm-hmm. they all the, have their own colors and yeah. yes but I love the guy in like the suit like the modern suit with the uh, with the traditional the lip piercing the lip piercing it was like traditional mixed with modern and it was it was great I mean I know that uh, what I've read has called an Afrofuturistic design right. which I hope. It's not disrespectful to say that. I think that's actually no. That's what the it's, term. The term. Yeah, and it's beautiful. It, it is. It was beautiful. Yeah, because it takes the roots of the culture and then puts a modern, on futuristic yeah. twist on 
but without deviating from mm-hmm. what the what visually the the culture already has established. Right. Um, I will say I'll call to mind one of the scenes from the movie that struck me the most is when um, they go up to see the Jabari tribe. Oh, and Baku? yeah, and they go in and the like the kind of cliff um room that they're standing With, on like when the they would be like the throne, throne room yeah. yes and beams. the hanging wood beams and in my mind i'm like that's such a visual touch that in lesser hands in lesser creative director and set designer and set design hands would have totally that's not necessary you yeah. know what i mean like no it, it's on a cave like it's it, it's on a it's on a mountaintop that's mm-hmm. good enough but the fact that it was they took this visual um detail of hanging these you know wooden logs and beams um gave it such such so much more of kind of this regal and intense and heavy feeling that but also with the hanging of the beams so it felt super heavy and super like brutal but also really light and kind of airy yeah mm-hmm. so it gave it this really cool like just yeah. feel to can i space. add another nerdy thought to it totally it's something that i did think when we were watching it is i also bet they're incredibly functional Oh, totally. Because if you take them away, the idea of like, oh, the expanse, and it's a cave wall. Right. Not only does it add texture, but it also adds, I bet they sort of act like blinds. If you're up in that mountain, it gets really windy and it's snowing all the time. Sure. That acts as a deterrent to mm-hmm. some degree, and it's like blinds on a window. It's super functional as well, which right. again is just these beautiful, beautiful touches. I mean, I it, I know it might be hyperbolic, or I know, and I know we've just seen this movie and kind of are, are reeling from it, but like this to me is possibly a Marvel movie that's going to get nominated for some cinematography, set design, I, I honestly, hope so. art direction. I left the movie saying that if this movie doesn't get some sort of nods next year at the Oscars. I feel like it's a complete travesty. Visual, right. costume design. And, and Marvel movies don't get a lot of those. Really. No, absolutely We've not. We've gotten like sound design every sure. now and then for some fights. Visual, visual effects, I think, effects might have been Maybe up. once or twice. I don't think they've ever won any. Mm-mm. Like this, when I, I, this, I was thinking about it, it's like, could this be the first one that actually right. like does something special at the Oscars? Another thing for me that kind of blew me away is watching this movie... It's one of the only Marvel movies that I feel like you could totally strip out the fact that it is a Marvel movie and it would be a good movie. It'd be a mm-hmm. good movie. You know what I mean? Like you would have could, to do you would have to do some background sure. on and, and explain the superpowers. Sure. Well, no, I'm just <laughs> but, saying like it could have been you could have even removed Just like a legend. Yeah, you could have even removed some of the superpowers and it's just a good movie. Mm-hmm. It was a good very kind of um, Shakespearean almost tale of, um, you know, you've got uh, T'Challa's father, T'Chaka, I think, um, and his brother kind of at odds over the future of their... I love that. ...of their land, and then the brother basically striking down the other brother almost defensively, but um, in such a heartbreaking way... And then kind of 
Um, reaping what he sowed. Reaping what he sowed. And so it's this very like poetic kind of like. It's almost then, like a Greek tragedy. That's what I'm saying. Like it yeah. was it was so well done. And I feel like Marvel movies, for the most part, while they are the better of the superhero genre, let me make that very clear, this elevated that to even a different level. Like, this was just a really well, kind of like how us um, Winter Soldier got praised for being kind of a political right. espionage thriller yeah. and kind of elevated Marvel movies. I feel like this did the kind of the same thing. Like, this elevated what could be a very simple story and made it really passionate and intriguing and yeah. and captivating. Um, so Jay, I know I shared with you online that video of Kugler breaking down oh, yeah. the casino fight scene. And Such a good scene. That kind of spoke to, and, and it proved that we're not just sitting here inferring that it was that level of detail. He broke down that every shot from from what they're from the what the characters are wearing to the actions that they are doing to the scene itself all had was operating on several levels simultaneously. Yeah. Like he was breaking down, I don't know if you've watched this yet, but he was breaking down like the dress designs were like combinations of the Wakandan alphabet that were kind of hidden in there that um that Okoye and Oh, Nakia? Nakia have different fighting styles because one's a warrior and one's a spy, and that's mm-hmm. a different fighting style than T'Challa. Even their clothing broke down that it, it was, um, I want to say red. it was a version of the African flag. It was African flag because one was wearing red, one was black, and one was green. But it was um, these visual like touches that, as a whole, you don't realize at yeah. first blush, but they're operating on so many levels just feeding you yeah. this kind of... And he of... even said that they used blue to identify colonizers. Right. And so that's why Claw is wearing, wearing a, blue a blue vest, vest. and like even later they were in like blue tents to stuff. Right. I, it was just... It was a really, really cool video and I loved how he was talking about the dolly shot that went from the ground up and then it went to a handheld camera and followed uh, Nakia around the top. It was, it was just a really well done movie it was it's amazing and so i saw this with my daughters too i took the girls to go see it and once again i had this really awesome rewarding feeling um after i left this movie kind of the same way i also took them to go see wonder woman and i'll kind of draw the parallels to that again we left the theater and they were so excited and empowered and they felt like they felt like a powerful female just beings and they were like you know we want to fucking do that and we want to you know that was amazing yeah and they, they were blown away by um and i can't think of the name of the 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 women guards now um for the wakandan oh oh their actual like group right name? Like oh i don't group i don't remember it either but that was so powerful to me to see them as the as the the main security force of the wakandans yeah and see them with their shaved heads and they just exuded this power and this just kind of, um, I don't know, um, just amazing strength and it's a fierceness. It was, it was, it blew yeah. me away, but it was so, um, I think Kugler even brought broke it down in the thing. He was like, it's, it's, it's using femininity as power and as a weapon. You know what yeah. I mean? And, um, it was it was amazing. Like it literally 
kicked me in the balls. Like as I'm watching it, I'm like, I want to be a fucking woman. Like this shit is amazing. Like, <laughs> well, that was that was actually one of the cool things about it for me is that yeah, it's Black Panther. Like it's the Black Panther movie. But I was so much more invested in all the side characters. Like it was a smorgasbord of good actors, great characters. It was truly, you know, this collective experience. I mean, and you've talked about the the women characters, and you know, Amanda. I mean, you and you and I talked about it as well. But we haven't even mentioned Shuri yet. And she's one of my favorite characters in the whole thing. She is the shit. I would like to see her get her own movie. Yeah. Well, you know what happens in the comics? She becomes she becomes Black, Black Panther, Panther eventually. Yeah. And we were talking about it, and she was from Black Museum. Yeah, well, yeah. Which uh, was awesome. You she mean was, Black Mirror? She, uh, no, she's in the episode Black, Black Museum. Mirror. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Black yeah, Mirror. Yeah. And she was a badass in that. Yep. She's a badass in this movie. I laughed so much at her. But, I mean, Angela Bassett she's did funny. great. Lupita yeah. Nyong'o was amazing. I call, always call uh, her, uh, uh, deny, I uh, call her Michonne because that's, oh, yeah. that's what I know her from is Walking Dead. Totally. Yeah. But they were all so good. Yeah. yeah. It and we was even got, amazing. We even got a little sprinkling of Forrest Whitaker. Just a little, just, just a little, just <laughs> a little dash of the wit. Just, just a little <laughs> lazy eye bit of Forrest oh. Whitaker. Now, I will say that I can use more dashes of Sterling K. Brown in pretty much anything. Well, sure. When he was at the beginning, I was like, oh, what a great little cool mini cameo. Totally. And then he came back later and it was one of the most powerful scenes in the whole movie. Oh, for sure. But this, like, the whole thing was a feast because there, everywhere you looked was another great actor. Like, ah, I know that guy. And I don't know who yeah, they got I to play him, but I also loved young Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that dude crushed it. He did crush it. James. 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 Now, I'll tell you possibly I had to look his name up because I wasn't familiar with him at all. Winston Duke. Uh-huh. Who played Mbaku? Oh man, he was amazing. <laughs> totally, he was so good, and totally. I don't think he's been in much of anything. Into it though, he yeah, should so be in more. Let's um, see, he was in. Uh, yeah, he was in the uh, the show, uh, Major Crimes in Modern Family for an episode, and that's it. This is his first thing. Interesting. He was awesome. Yeah, he blew it out of the water then. Um. I mean, character character wise, a where where did you land? Who did you connect with? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, I don't know. I guess I weirdly, I I would have to say. Oh man, I don't know. I mean, I love the Black Panther character. I, I love his sister. She's amazing. But I I think. Um, <sighs> Shuri, that's her name. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess honestly, I'm I'm gonna have to say it was um the Michael B. Jordan character. Oh, Killmonger. Killmonger. Yeah, Killmonger. Because I mean n- not that you wanna you wanna connect, you know, with the you know, with the with the bad guy in the movie, but at the same time I mean you kinda I, do. I, that's I guess a good bad guy. I just I, you know, and and it, be honest here like i I, i'm not an african-american like i don't understand the struggle i i I don't i don't understand your struggle okay but at the same time i just felt like the movie laid everything out in a way that i could understand his struggle and i could like just use like 
personal references from my own life, my own personal pains, and I could understand certain yeah. things that he was going through, and I can understand that anger. And, like I get it, and I, and, I, and that I I think that's that's who I like yeah. the most in this movie because I, I could get it, and his strong ending <laughs> yeah. at this movie, that's, the way he goes out is just. That's what I was just about to say. I think he has the best <clears throat> exit yeah. of any Marvel villain. Um, I, like when we saw it in the theater, that epic line of, you know, just bury me in the ocean like my ancestors who jumped Fuck. off the boat. Um, that was another one that kicked me in the dick. Because yeah. they like, knew I that was death like, was better than bondage. Holy fuck. There was a lady two rows behind us when he said that. And she, she was like, goes, okay. And she was like, okay. And I was just <laughs> I was like, like, yeah. Uh, like, like you, I don't want to say anything, but oh my God. the whole theater just like go, <gasps> like a collective, uh-huh, yeah, there you go. Like, oh man, it was just so powerful. It was very powerful. Uh, it hit me hard. <laughs> so I just have to, so I was looking this up. Um, the guy who played young Forrest Whitaker, his name is Denzel Whitaker. Is <laughs> and it? I was Stop. like, is that no? For, it's not. not related. Oh, but I was like, what a fucking like crazy coincidence. <laughs> that is, a crazy, that is crazy. And I bet they never met. No, that's, <laughs> what, that's what I'm saying. Like during the making yeah. of this movie, they never met each other. <laughs> um, but also I was gonna point out uh another dude who's in this movie that's having a fucking killer year, uh Daniel Kaluuya. Oh yeah, from from Get Out. Yeah. The only thing that could have made this movie better was would be if uh Lakeith from Atlanta was in Lakeith it. Lakeith Stanfield? Lakeith Stanfield. That dude is fucking awesome. I always want to call him Lakeith David, but it's not that. <laughs> it is not that would be <laughs> Lakeith, a weird combination Lakeith of two Stanfield. people. Stanfield. Um if he was in this movie, A plus. Oh, for sure. Um, I'm surprised he's not. That dude is yeah. popping up in everything. everything. Um, okay, so we're talking about Killmonger a little bit, and I'm curious where a you said favorite Marvel villain. Yeah. What would be who? What would be your top three Marvel villains? Oh man, I don't know. Uh, okay, well, Q, I'll go to you. Mm-hmm. So, top three Marvel villains. Where Killmonger in there? Is yeah, I would there? say where? Killmonger is my number one. Uh huh. I'd say. Um, Marvel also has a really bad luck with villains. Villains seem to be that's like why kind I'm, of an overall that's, problem. That's why I'm asking the question. I would say one. Um, he's number one. Number two is probably um, Hela from Thor three. Oh, nice. I thought she was fucking awesome, and she felt like a force to be reckoned with. Kate Blanche is just brutal. Um, true story. She crushed it. So I would say her. And then um, three would probably be Obadiah Stane from Iron Man 1. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, just because I felt like his character, once again, was one who he he felt like he was manipulated. He was at one step ahead of the game for so long and then right. even had kind of a cool epic battle in the Mark 1 armor with... Right. Um, as Iron Monger. Right. Killmonger, Iron Monger. Yeah. Uh, lots, uh, of mongers. lots of Mongers. Um, um and I know people are probably like, Loki's not on your list. I don't know. I don't really see Loki as a villain anymore. He's like, sort of like a, an anti And honestly, he's hero. not even that. He's kind of like comedic relief now. I was like, going to say, he doesn't have a presence, though. What? Like, he doesn't have that. Bad. Like, that, when he shows yeah. up, I'm not like, oh, fuck. Like, like shit's about to here. go down. Well, I'm like, okay, he's here to fuck shit up, but he's going to make me laugh while he right. does yeah. it. Totally. You know what I mean? It yeah. doesn't feel like a quote-unquote 
villain. Yeah. I'm with you. I think for me, uh, it, Killmonger's number one. I think Michael Keaton from Spider-Man Homecoming is number two. Because mm, okay. I just think I re- I can understand his struggle sure. super, super close. And then, um, and then because you have a weird wingsuit, yes, and you lost your job, <laughs> yes. Uh, and then uh, Obadiah is my number three. Okay, nice. And the reason that I like Obadiah and is similar to the reason I like Killmonger is the and the reason I think they're the best villains is their actions have consequential effects on the protagonists. Like for most of it's like, oh, we're gonna fight. You know, we're going to fight Ultron and everyone's going to be fine at the end and everyone's going to be happy. We're going to stop, you know, as uh, We Hate Movie says, like the 97 9-11s. You know, these, Obadiah's changed Tony Stark's outlook on his company and his communication. And he changed and launched the Marvel Universe by declaring himself Iron Man in public. Killmonger brought so much truth with him that T'Challa now stood up to his ghost dad and is changing the way that Wakanda interacts with the world and bringing, like, unveiling. He's basically pulling another I am Iron Man. Totally. And I saw so many parallels between those two. I mean, it even ends with that after credits, the... The, the I am Iron Man, right, basically. Right, the scene. Where... I told I told A that I think that was a post-credit scene because some studio note said, you can't end the movie with that scene. The same way that the you same ended way Iron, Iron Man. Man did. Right. And I think that's why they shot the scene in the playground, maybe, because both scenes end with him being asked a question, him smirking just a little bit, and then right. cutting to black. Right. It feels like that's how Kugler always wanted it to end, but they wouldn't let him use the Iron Man scene. Right, because they were like, we did that. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you can't just do the same Iron Man ending. Right. And he's like, ah, I'll just put it in the credits. And it does have kind of a, kind of a similar arc in the sense that uh, T'Challa plays a character who is kind of just coming into power and bur- and saddled with the burden of what came before him mm-hmm. and tradition and keeping things the way that they have been functional, but maybe not helping anyone right. or anything. Well, yeah, he definitely, um, you know, Killmonger changes him and he, you know, realizes that no longer should anybody that follows after him have to pay for the sins of their father. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's like, that's not going to be the status quo anymore. And the whole like, idea of we're not going to stay silent while people suffer. Right. It's not, and it's not just like, you know, our Wakandan people, it's every, it's every people. Yeah. It's every people's. And I did see, did you see the news this week that Disney using the profits from Black Panther because it was so surprising Open or a STEM opening center. A, stem, a STEM education center in Oakland. Yep, yep. I did. Awesome. So they're, Way to go, Disney. they're real life making that shit yeah. happen, which is awesome. That's amazing. Okay, so we've talked about Black Panther a lot. Yep. I, I We're just going to start repeating each other and other people, things that people have said. So do, do we want to kind of give a either a ranking of where this lands in the Marvel Universe for us or do yes. we want to kind of give like a five-second final thoughts no i say we we say out of the pantheon of marvel movies what spot is it in so if i had to decide right now it's easily in the top 10 okay and i would say it's solidly in the top five i would put it in the third 
spot. It's probably just out of curiosity. What, what would you put me? above it? I still like Deadpool. Deadpool. Marvel movies. Well, I mean, Deadpool is a. Oh, I guess. Okay, you're talking about MCU, MCU. movies. Um, I I would have the first Avengers above it just because that was such a watershed moment. Sure. And I think Winter Soldier. Okay. Is slightly better, but it would fluctuate two and three in there. It's probably number two now that I'm thinking about it. Fair. It's probably a? number two. I almost feel like it's a tie for number one for me. Yeah. With? I really love Guardians of the Galaxy. That's fair. Like, mm-hmm. I just I just really fucking love that movie. Um so I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna set that as a tie for me as for the number one spot. I mean Winter Soldier it's fine. Yeah. It's a good movie. I'm gonna say Everybody likes that movie way more than I do, but that's a conversation <laughs> for later. I'm gonna say uh Black Panther and I said it as I was leaving the theater. Black Panther securely the number one spot for me yeah. on the MCU list. Mm-hmm. My number two would be Guardians of the Galaxy, and my number three would actually be OG Sp- um, Iron Man. Nice. The first Iron That's Man movie High five me, is a super, it's super, good. super good movie, and it launched what everything else yeah. that came after it. Guardians of the Galaxy kind of did the same thing. It gave rebirth to the MCU. It, it created a new feel and tone to the movies, and I feel like Black Panther just did the same yeah. thing. Yes. Now, what I will say is, even though Black Panther is number two for me, I will say it is securely 100% the best Marvel movie. Gotcha. I was ranking on favorites, like gotcha. as a film, as a, like how it's. Don't written, backtrack now. No, 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 we no, know no. where you stand. We got, right, eh? yeah, we got it right, A. Yeah, we got it right. You and me, right. we're right. It's He's wrong. You're number two. You're our second favorite. <laughs> I know. That's been true. My whole life. That's been. That's always true. I. It is the best made Marvel movie. That's fair. Like by far. So speaking of best ofs, yeah. right? Yeah. I think a cool way to wind down this episode would be, first off, let's take a break. Yeah, okay. for sure. But then when we come back, let's talk Oscars. Well, because the Friday that this episode will be released will be two days before this year's 2018 Oscars. If we didn't talk about it, what sort of movie podcast would we be? A bad Wait, wait, wait. We're a movie podcast? No. A war is coming. My son, it is your time. Confrontation ain't nothing new to me. The Black Panther lives. You can bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue, but you can't bring the truth to me. The world's gonna start over. This is my time. This ends today. Unless your false confidence and calculated promises, son, in your conversation. Black Panther, ready PG-13. Get tickets now. I was about to bring it. We're here with classic Hollywood. The stars are out tonight as the red carpet. What are you wearing? Hey, what are you wearing? My pajamas. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Cute. Hi. (laughs) Oh, hi. What am I wearing? Nothing. (laughs) I know. It's very uncomfortable. 
Well, if you couldn't tell everybody, this is JQ&A coming to you live from the Oscars two days early, recorded a few days before that. Amazing how time travel works. We're here on the red carpet with... No oh, one else. Oh my God. Is this Christopher Walken? Wow, it's crazy to be here. Oh my God. High five is amazing. Oh man, is that, <laughs> is that Mr. T? I pity the fool who doesn't listen to, to, to high five. Jesus Christ. Oh man, is that... Woody Allen? No. <laughs> no, it's not, because he's not allowed at the Academy Awards. <laughs> that was great. Yay. <laughs> it's crazy. This is really a night full of stars. <laughs> There's the Big Dipper. <laughs> and Andy Dick, for some reason. Amazing. Oh. Who let him in here? Mommy. <laughs> that was my Andy Dick impression. I don't know if anyone could tell. Ask me a question as Andy Dick. Andy Dick. Fuck you! <laughs> Perfect. Spot on. Nailed it. Yeah. Absolutely right. nailed it. Button. Putting a button on it. So uh, so we're here to talk the Oscars. Um, it's a couple days. This episode's coming out a couple yeah. days uh, before Oscar Sunday. And just so afterwards when we say we get them all right, you guys can't say, no, you're just posting this after the fact. We're recording this and posting it before the Oscars. So take note, you haters. And when we get them all right... You can worship us as your gods. Right, right. But now, what we did talk about before this episode, and what I'd like to put out there, is we're going to pick the winners as we see them, not who we think the Academy will pick. Correct. We may mention that in the conversation, but we're picking who deserves it. Because as we've talked in past episodes, especially our Oscar snubs, the Academy often gets shit very wrong. That They kind of, yeah. They do. Um we know what the people want. They We try. are the people. We are the people. Yes. We the people. And we the people decide our Oscar picks. Should we just start? <laughs> Is that a beautiful... That was a beautiful speech. I felt it coming. It was Did coming you... from a beautiful mind or the king's speech. You're being played off. That's my time, everybody. So we're going to take just a couple of the categories, the main categories... And we're going to drop some knowledge with who our picks are. And we'll go around, we'll get A's pick, we'll get your pick, Jay, and we'll get my pick. Okay. So um, I'll just, I'll start off. Let's, uh, yeah, let's throw, start with, throw a category. Let's start with supporting actor. Perfect. So I'll read all the choices. Yes. Um, we have Willem Dafoe from the Florida Project. Mm. We have mm-hmm. Woody Harrelson from Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. We have Sinbad. <laughs> no, we don't. Nope. <laughs> Stop it. Sorry. Stop it. We have Richard Jenkins from The Shape of Water. We have Richard Pryor. Stop it. Stop it again. Sorry. We have Christopher Plummer from All the Money in the World. Mm -hmm. And we have Sam Rockwell from Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yep. So A, choice for best supporting actor. Who's going to win? Who do you think should win? I think I I want Woody Harrelson to win. Mm. I feel like... Sam Rockwell will win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You want Woody Harrelson to win over Sam Rockwell? I do. I you thought like, his performance was better? I just like him better. I know no, that's biased. Uh, I it. just like him better. Got I it. I mean, hey, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm i going to agree with A's choice for the Academy and say that Sam Rockwell's taking this home. For sure. Yeah, I think he's going to win. I'm going to go I want with... Him to win I'm not too. mad yeah. about it. I'm going to also go with Sam Rockwell. So it's a sweep... Here from yeah. High Five, mm-hmm. Sam, Sam Rockwell, Rockwell will be taking home Best Supporting Actor. Absolutely. All right. 
So now, supporting actress. Now, some of these movies we haven't seen, um, and so we're going to have to be guessing and making judgment calls sure. on what we know. But yeah. uh, Best Supporting Actress, we have Mary J. Blige from Mudbound. We have Allison Janney from I, Tanya, uh, Leslie Manville from Phantom Thread. Laurie Metcalf from Lady Bird. And Octavia Spencer from The Shape of Water. Now, I can tell you, from my personal take on this one... I am very, very torn between Allison Janney and Laurie Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Um, Lady Bird was amazing. Laurie Metcalf was brilliant in it. Um, so believable. So heart-wrenching. But I really think I have to go with Allison Janney because I was so surprised by how much I enjoyed I, Tanya and her mesmerizing performance. She was incredible in I, Tanya. So totally I, cool. I, have to, I have to go to Allison Janney on that one. That's totally fair. Um, I'm going to excuse myself from this category because I haven't actually seen any of, except for one of these movies, The Shape of Water. Oh, wow. So I don't want to make a call. If I had to throw one out there just based off of buzz of what Mm -hmm. I've heard, I would say Laurie Metcalf will probably be taking the statue home. I've heard really, really, really big push for her. I, I think it's going to be Lori Metcalf, and I really want it to be her because great in Lady Bird, she man. was so good. And she had moments that took me back to like, my mother fucking did that. I, and, and that I can see that. And that shit actually. is real. That's heavy. Yeah. yeah. So, we, All right, we so got we're a saying two for Lori Metcalf, Lori Metcalf. And one for Allison Janney. Okay. All right, we shall see. All right, let's go to lead actress. Okay. So uh, this one might be a tough category, too, because we have Sally Hawkins from The Shape of Water. Sure. We have Frances McDormand from Three Billboards. Mm. We have Margot Robbie from I, Tanya. Um, Seors Ronan. Is that how you say her name? Seorsi? Seorsi Ronan? Seorsi Ronan. Seorsi? Seorsi? Okay. Seahorsey? I'm sorry. Seahorsey Ronan. Ronan. Lady Bird. I'm never going to be able to say your name right. Meryl Streep in The Post. Okay. Ooh, I want to go. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're... Yeah. I'm going to say... 100% unequivocally, the statue should absolutely go to Frances McDormand. She blew me away in Three Billboards. Yeah. I thought her character or her portrayal was smart. I thought it was powerful. I thought it was nuanced. She exuded both like this crazy, like, um, strength, like mother strength, like that baby trapped under a car strength, but then also had these really heart wrenching, like, breakdown kind of moments. Of vulnerability, um, and I just I, I I really believed her character. Right. Um, sometimes it's hard for me to watch very well-known actresses portray or in movies and disconnect Separate from them, them yeah. who they are, like who I know they are. Right. And I totally, I totally, one hundred percent got her as Mildred. Like yeah. she was this character for me. And so I, that my personal opinion, I think she should and will be taking home the statue. Hey, I don't want it to be Meryl Streep just because Meryl Streep doesn't need any more Oscars. I, I love Streep. I don't think I don't think it's possible. But, I saw the post. It's fine. She's fine. Right. Okay, but she's been fine in other things. Sure, and totally. Has won. I don't think she should. Get um, it for that. I think for me, it should either be Margot Robbie or Sayorsi Ronan. Mm. Because uh, while I agree that Frances McDormand did a great job, I felt like, I don't know, and I guess it's kind of mean to say it this way, I felt like uh, the characters that the other women portrayed were more understandable 
and like they had more dimension to them for me watching okay. it. Like, so if you had to narrow it down between those two, who would you go with? <clears throat> so are you leaning Margot Robbie or like the over over the top characterization and and I think Sarah like, C. Ronan. I want yeah. it to be her. I think I want it to be her. Just to be able to play that that coming of age and to to really portray what it's like to be a young girl dealing with all of those things. Sure. It's oh, it's rough. And she got it right. I this one's tough. Like Streep for me is kind of out immediately just because of how strong this category is and I love Meryl. She's one she's one of the best, sure. if not the best. Um it's almost a four-way tie for me between the others because I've seen all these movies and they're all so good for different reasons. Sure. Like just what Sally Hawkins was able to do with literally no dialogue, very impressive. Um, especially in a movie that is as as weird as that. Um, Frances McDormand, everything you said. Uh, Margot Robbie was blown away by how good she was in I, Tanya, but it's sort of an over-the-top caricature performance, so it's different. And then, as as A said, Sierra Z. Ronan, it was the most believable character of all of them. Like, of all the things, of, of everyone on here, she did the thing that I think acted the best i am gonna have to agree with you though q is i think francis state is taken at home because kind of something that you said a i think she's gonna take it home because i didn't agree with her a lot of the time like she was straight faced the protagonist of that film and yet i both agreed and disagreed with her the whole movie and i think there's a layer to that that just can't be too highly praised. Sure, that's fair. And so to be able to nuance a character for you to both agree and disagree right. with them simultaneously, but not want to disconnect from the character yeah. and never feel like I got pulled out of it. Same thing for you. For me, Francis McDormand is sort of like a Gary Oldman with a vagina. Sure, like, just a fantastic actress who I'm not sure what she's like in in real life. Right. Just like, kind I of have disappears. No idea what her and her Cohen husband do. Sure, she's just is the characters that she plays. Even in things... Um, she's in Burn After Reading, isn't she? Yeah. Like, even in things like that, they, I have to ask because it's just... so. It's the woman who is who she's playing. Totally. Like, And I, I mentioned this before we recorded, but to think about this movie and Fargo, they both take place in small towns. They both deal with strong women in emotionally vulnerable times, dealing with things that are above their level of experience sure. and kind of wherewithal but for them to be so different and yet so the same is she's taken she has to take it home i, I agree so. with it so we got two for um francis francis mcdormand and, and one, one for, for seahorsey ronan and I, I i think that you have just as good a shot as either of us because i agree you're right she was amazing yeah i haven't seen that movie so i can't speak it's to so you need to before sunday you need to i will try um, and squeeze it in all right so lead actor this one's going to be a little bit tough for me. Okay. Because um, we have Timothy Chal- Chalamet from uh-huh. Call Me By Your Name. We have Daniel Day-Lewis from Phantom Thread. We have Daniel Kaluuya from Get Out. Mm-hmm. We have Gary Oldman from Darkest Hour. And we have Denzel Washington from Roman J. Israel Esquire. This is hard for a couple of reasons. One, Daniel Day-Lewis, Gary Oldman, and Denzel Washington are all nominated. Amazing. The, which is blows my mind. <laughs> uh Daniel Day-Lewis, it's he's retiring after this movie, so sure. 
you know, it could be. And I've heard fantastic things about Phantom Thread. I haven't seen it. Um, but Gary Oldman's never won an Oscar. You know, he delves into the Winston Churchill character. He's one of the best actors living on the face of the planet. Haven't seen Darkest Hour either. The only one of these I've seen is Daniel Kaluuya and Get Out, and I don't think there's any chance he's winning. I would love him to win. I think it would make a huge statement. And I it would, would be say, great, but I don't think it's possible. I'm kind of thinking he may win because it would make a huge statement. I feel like the Academy may be feeling pressure to to award a movie because they've been so lambasted in recent mm-hmm. years for being very exclus- exclusionary right. towards the black community. I feel like for it, I feel like honestly, that's how Get Out is up for best picture. I feel like it would not normally be. Um, I kind of agree with that. I feel like it was them trying to. No, what won best picture last year? What won last year? La La Land and Moonlight. And Moonlight. (laughs) Moonlight Moonlight won last year. Moonlight won. No, 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 I agree. But Moonlight. All right. I love Get Out. I love it. I absolutely love it. Great movie. I don't necessarily feel like it falls in line with the history of Academy nominated movies. I don't feel like it. It's a great movie. It's a fun. It's a thinking movie. Yeah. But I feel like I. And this is kind of showing my hand on Best Picture. I don't know that I agree that it's. It's the best movie that was made this year. Um, that's not downplaying the um, cultural significance that it holds. But once again, just like I said, I don't think a movie should win just because of its technical feat. I also don't think a movie should win just because of its cultural significance. I think it should win based off of whether it is a good yeah. movie. Well, it is it, if it's the best film in every like Category. technical writing, like if it is the best co- collaboration of all the things that a movie should be. Um, so you're going with Daniel Kaluuya. So I'm going. Oh, I'm going with um, Daniel Kaluuya because I think he win. He will take home the statue. Because I don't think Get Out is going to win. And I think they're going to give out a statue. But I also am not discounting that I don't think he doesn't deserve it. Like, I think think he had a great performance. But from what I've gathered, and I haven't seen the movie yet, but I really hear that Timothy Chalamet Mm -hmm. crushes it. I hear that, too. In Call Me By Your Name. And while I really liked Daniel Kaluuya, I don't know that it was an oscar worthy performance um i've seen him in other things i honestly feel like his performance in the black mirror episode 15 million credits was better (laughs) i i'm not gonna he was brilliant in that episode of black mirror and this was good really good but but i so i think he's taking home the statue don't necessarily know that i agree that it should be okay um, A, where do you land on best actor? You know, I'm going to do what uh, Q did, and I'm going to exclude myself from this category, because I've only seen Get Out <laughs> Get Out in this category. Like, I love Daniel Day-Lewis. I think he's amazing in everything that else I've seen him do. Um, 
and I love Gary Oldman, but I haven't seen those movies, yeah. so I can't really have a strong opinion on this one. I'm even though I haven't seen most of the movies, I'm just gonna put place my bets on Gary Oldman. I think last year with everybody's push for Leonardo DiCaprio having never won, well, it wasn't last year, two years ago mm-hmm. when he won. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Gary Oldman is the greatest living actor that doesn't have an Academy Award behind him. And I think that from what I've heard about his Winston Churchill, that this is his year. So I'm putting my money on Gary Oldman. All right. So, wow. So we've got kind we of an uh... excused. We have a so you're gonna Kalua. you're gonna posit what you think because even on the category where I excuse myself, I just threw a name out there based off of what I've heard. I threw out Laurie Metcalf. I think they'll give it to Daniel Day Lewis because he's retiring. I mean that's, that's so we got what, a three way split on this yeah. one. Well, okay, well, we got Daniel Day Lewis, Daniel Kalua, and, Gary, and Oldman. Gary Oldman. All right, all right. Moving on to director before we get to the big show. Yeah. So director, we have Dunkirk by Christopher Nolan, uh, Get Out by Jordan Peele, uh, Lady Bird by Greta Gerwig, uh, Phantom Thread by Paul Thomas Anderson, and The Shape of Water by Guillermo del Toro. This one is hard as shit. This is a hard one. Because they're all very, very different, and they're all amazing in their own way. Now, I haven't seen Phantom Thread, but I just... I know Paul Thomas Anderson doesn't make bad movies, and I know how good he is. Um, I I really think th- this one could go to Jordan Peele. Okay. Possibly. I think for the same reasons you said Daniel Kaluuya, I think it could go to him. First-time director, the, the impact that he made, he wrote it. I, I think that it could go to him. I am going to say I think Christopher Nolan should win it. Uh, Of all the things that Dunkirk is, and it is a great movie, and it is a great script, and it is great sound design, of all the things that Dunkirk is, it is a technical masterpiece. Mm -hmm. The way that the story is cut together and edited, the way that it's visualized, the way the sound is used, the way that, you know, Nolan brought everything his vision of it to the screen i think nolan deserves it i think it's the best directed of the movies that i've seen that's totally fair um what do you think eh? i think i agree with jay I, i think that it should go to christopher nolan for dunkirk because the way that that movie um is laid out um and directed like the visuals of it. Um, it's. It's incredible. It's an amazing feat. But I also. I don't want to get political. But I feel like it should go to Greta. For Lady Bird. Because that was also an amazing movie. And I feel like some. Right. Some women directors need to start winning. I mean that would be cool. That would be cool. That would be cool. But, I mean, it's not like they, they don't. They don't as often. But um, what's the uh, lady's name? Hurt Locker and... Uh, Catherine Bigelow. Yeah, she's won a few, hasn't she? Mm-hmm. Well, at least one. Well, Sophia Coppola's got one or two under her, her, her vest. I'm not saying it, they're... I'm not saying they're not being underrepresented because they are. And I think Greta did a fantastic job with Lady Bird. I think 
you know, definitely with the Me Too movement going on, there is focused attention on it. And this is interesting. At least this year, we have female directors, we have African American directors, we have classic, you know, kind of Hollywood people. Um, it's not equal, and we have a lot of work to do, but they're getting there. This year's yeah. a little bit better. There's some representation. Homosexual this story. Year. There's an LG, LGBTQ yep. uh, story in in the in the runnings. Yep. Um, a lot of good stuff. So you're saying. Your vote is for Greta Gerwig, but you think it's gonna go to Nolan? Hey, uh, I think my my true opinion is that Nolan deserves it. Sure, but Greta may get it. But Greta may get it just because she's the only woman in the entire category. And Jay, you'd say, and I wouldn't kind disagree. This... And I wouldn't disagree with the win. I think she did sure. an amazing job, and I would be happy if she won. But I would feel like. They took it the political route, and Nolan would be slighted because of I it. I think Nolan. Kind of like it. what you said, Nolan deserves it, but you think Jordan, Jordan Peele, Peele could, get it. could get it. Because, I mean, what he accomplished was great. So and I don't think it's good enough to win, though. It might not be, but I'm saying it could, it could go that way for similar reasons that you said. Like, don't get me wrong. That was a good movie, but I'm kind of with Q. Like, it wasn't like... Oh, no, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying yeah. for the same political... Motivation. Yeah, no, reason. I understand. It could go that way. No, I understand. Q, where uh, are you? So this is a rough one for me because I've only seen two of the movies on here. I saw A Shape of Water and Get Out. I haven't seen Lady Bird, Dunkirk, or Phantom Thread. Mm-hmm. Um, based off of what I know, uh, I am with you. I think get. I think uh, Jordan Peele may get it. Um, I wouldn't be mad at it. Yeah, um, I kind of wouldn't be mad I do, about most of these. I do think he did a great job, especially as a first-time director. It's really a feat to make mm-hmm. a movie that like like what he made. Yeah. Um, but based off of just what I've seen, um, I think from a more technically impressive standpoint and a more unified vision, I think Guillermo del Toro really crushed it. Like Ooh, once, another three-way split. Once sorta. again, I feel like. Guillermo del Toro kind of hit peak Guillermo del Toro-ness. Yes. Um, and I will say There's like... There's definitely a type of story that his style works best with. And it's usually a gothic fairy tale. Totally. And just like, which is my favorite Guillermo del Toro movie is Pan's, Pan's Labyrinth. Absolutely. Um, I feel like I that was his, his masterpiece. It's his best, yeah. yeah. I feel like this kind of falls in line with that and it's kind of nestled under that it movie's a, wing. It is a shape, uh, a, a Pan's Labyrinth light almost. Sure. Like it is a, it's almost like a Richard Linklater spiritual sequel. Totally, totally. So I feel like if we're going straight on like director's vision to screen, I feel like that is purely a Yeah, that's, a, that's a good movie. point if that's, that that's the way that, you know, you would judge it. So Sure. All right, that'll be interesting to see. Okay. Now the big show. The big one. The best picture. So we have Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Now, this one is a little tough because I haven't seen Call Me By Your Name and I've heard amazing things. Haven't seen Darkest Hour or Phantom Thread or The Post. Sure. Of the ones I have seen... And of the ones that I just 
thinking of what best picture means to me is like you know was it written well was it directed well was it acted well did it make sense did it, was i ever bored it, what everything that a film is supposed to be i am going with three billboards outside Ebbing, missouri i knew you were gonna pick I, and i'm sure you did because i haven't <laughs> stopped talking about it since we've seen it it's true and that's part of it i can't stop thinking even all the movies that we've seen since then we've seen <clears throat> good movies, you know, like Black Panther and Annihilation. We've seen bad movies like Fifty Shades Freed and Justice League. Of the movies I have seen since three, I've seen Three Billboards, that's the one I can't stop thinking about. And for me, I think it deserves the best pictures. As I told you, Q, before we started recording, I kind of think it's a perfect movie. Eh? I know there are problems with it, but it's, for me, it's high praise. A perfect movie. I'm into it. It is high praise. Uh, I guess for me, it's going to, I would not be upset if three billboards won. I would not be upset because it was a great movie. I think either Dunkirk or Lady Bird deserves the win. And I would not be upset with whichever one won. I actually wouldn't be upset if either of those won either. So what's your prediction? What do you think? I want Lady Bird to win. Okay. Lady Bird. I don't think it will. Okay. But you, that's what you want. That's what I want. I just connected so so well with 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 that character mm. with Ladybird. I connected with her very much and the struggle that she goes through. So like, it was a real man. Like, I, got, I understood it. I had uh, three billboards. And I'm going to say firmly unequivocally three billboards for me. I think it should absolutely take home best picture. I think it was a brilliant movie, brilliantly acted, brilliantly written, brilliantly I'm, shot. I'm kind of bummed Martin McDonough's not nominated for, for best, best director. director. I would say, honestly, if 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 he were one of the nominees, I would say he should absolutely yeah. take home. I'm surprised best he's not, honestly. Um, but okay, so there we go. So we laid it out, guys. We have predicted the future. And some of it, our predictions are a little wonky, and we all disagreed. <laughs> but but you'll see which one of us was right on Sunday, and we'll probably be like what live tweeting or yeah, twitching or that's the plan. We'll be doing something. We'll yeah, be we're doing be something live, live during live the Oscars. doing it. So uh, if you're listening to us now, uh, and it's before the Oscars on Sunday, then join us on social media or somewhere. We'll be posting what we're doing. Or if this is in the future and it's after the Oscars. Hey, from the past, how you doing? <laughs> what you wearing? Sexy? ASL? Nice. That's great. Into it. Into it. Yeah. What's your mom like? Great. <laughs> All right. I'm so Let's sorry. get out of here. I am creeped out. Well, the music's playing, so. We gotta get Jay the fuck away from the microphone. <laughs> What's your mom like? It's time to close the door to the writer's room once again as this week's award-winning High Five, the podcast episode, comes to an end. Feel free to reach out to the guys with your suggestions for episode topics by emailing them at myfive at highfivethepodcast.com. That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E-T-H-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. Or connecting with them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast, on Twitter at high the number five the podcast, Instagram at 
High Five the Podcast, or on Letterboxd by searching High Five colon the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you're listening to podcasts and drop the show a five-star rating if you like what you hear. Even if you don't like what you hear, give us a high rating anyway. What's it costing you? Nothing. That's what we thought. See you next week. And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happens in the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.